When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hi, welcome to another episode of Soap from the Box, the podcast where I interview actor friends who've appeared in some of the country's biggest continuing dramas. And today it's happy birthday to Coronation Street, who is celebrating 60 years of being on our television screens. And I've got a very special episode for you today. You can actually watch the video of it on our YouTube channel, Soap from the Box. This is the audio version and this is when I met my legend from Coronation Street, my favourite character ever, Sally Dynava. Enjoy. Okay, so my next guest on the podcast is a very special episode today because we're celebrating one of our soap's big anniversaries. She first appeared on the 27th of January, 1986, when Kevin Webster drove past her in his van and splashed her whilst waiting for a bus. Now, she's been in the show for 34 years and uh, over half of Coronation Street's lifetime, which sounds mad. And this year, it's Coronation Street that's celebrating its 60th anniversary on the 9th of December. So, happy 60th to Sally Denver. Dynava, sorry. <laughs> happy 60th. Uh, I always get the name wrong, Sally. Happy 60th to you. Oh, thank you very much, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Happy 60th. Thank <laughs> I you. I mean, you're looking really good on it, Sally. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I've read you were only supposed to be in the show for four episodes originally. Yeah, I came in to play Kevin's girlfriend. Well, I auditioned for the first girlfriend he had, who was posh and she played tennis, but I didn't get it. <laughs> no wonder. And then I came up for one of the Clayton daughters, Milkman. He had two daughters, one which was Jane Hazelgrove, but I didn't get that either. So you were thinking, Corrie's not for me, obviously, at this point. This is never going to work. Because, well, at drama school, everyone said, you're going to end up in Corrie because you've got this, you know, very northern accent. I was like, oh, my God, I love that. Anyway, third time lucky, I come up on the train to Manchester and uh, it's for part of Sally. And I thought, well, that's got to be mine, hasn't it? Same name. (laughs) Way back. And they said, yes the job's yours and you've got I think I had I can't remember exactly I had two or four episodes or something and it was just um to play one of Kevin's girlfriends so he was obviously going to have a lot of girlfriends and then you stopped him but but then I stopped him but you know it's really funny Lee because I knew Michael when we were 13 because we were at Oldham Theatre Workshop together oh did you I didn't know that so until the audition I hadn't seen Michael 
for I was twenty well for ten years because I'd um, I'd moved down to London. I'd gone to drama school. Well, we were only thirteen. I only knew him for you know a little bit. But I remember he's I think he's something like eighteen months younger than me. And I remember saying to him, we did a play together, Zigazaga in Oldham. And I remember saying to him, you're not coming to the party with me, Michael. You're 18 months younger than me. <laughs> and the next time I see him is in an audition room auditioning to play his girlfriend. And did so, you see him on the street before then? Because you obviously watched it. I mean, everyone did. Did you, did you kind of think, oh, my God, that's Michael when I was 13? Yeah, I did. I mean, Mike, I remember watching, when, when I was at drama school, I remember Mike was on an advert for What's It's. And I remember watching the telly and going, oh my God, I know that boy. I, I mean, told him <laughs> not to come to a party with me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I always start the podcast with a memory of us. And I remember we did five years ago, Sally and Tim's first wedding, because obviously you've got remarried. I saw that and I was kind of a bit jealous. I was thinking, I did the wedding and now they're getting married again. <laughs> oh yeah but how good was the first one that was such a fun block wasn't it because you did oh, I remember oh. bits of it where you read an awful speech and then you kind of kind of ripped it up and said it from the heart which was gorgeous it was so nicely written that and and I remember you announced his middle name was Osmond as well revealing Tim's middle name but I think the best bit was he carried you over the doorstep and do you remember we did the stunt where he oh. dropped you do you know, when anyone says any funny clips, I always say you've got to find that clip because that was just, how brilliant was that? It was, it so, was so brilliant. I mean, we, I think you know when you're filming, don't you? If something's making you howl with laughter as a crew yeah. and actors, you know it's working yeah. really well. It was brilliant. And I mean, that was my, probably my first biggest lock and Corrie. And I remember, you know, like you joined, when I joined, I, you know, you've got living legends still like Barbara Knox there. Yes. I mean, when you joined... And one of the first characters you came in contact was, was it Hilda Ogden? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. was that? You must have been, you know, bricking it. <laughs> I really was. I mean, in those days, so this is, um, yeah, in, in those days, it was a very different show in the fact that it was more older cast members. And there was only, there was, in the end, there was six of us who joined around that time. Uh, in 1986, there was um, about six characters, me, Jenny Bradley, uh, Sean Wilson, Michael, Kevin Kennedy. Um, and we were like the young, I mean, there, were, there hadn't been young people. It was just like this, you know, sort of um, matriarchal. wasn't it? Yeah, matriarchal. Yeah. Um, strong women cast. And uh, so it was quite daunting going into that green room because in those days, you know, if you sat on somebody's chair that wasn't um, allocated oh, sure, to you, yeah. you've got the look, you know, like, that's <laughs> get off. Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you think of the way you say that, the women there, I mean, you've had, you've got Jean Alexander, Julie Goodger, uh, even men as well, because you were there with, you know, you played your bosses. There was Alf Roberts, played by Brian Mosley, Mike Baldwin, Johnny Briggs. I mean, literally kind of, it's, I think it's the, the one soap that's had so many legends pass through its door. And I don't know, why do you think that is? Because there seems to have really been just these really big, amazing characters. And Corrie seems to be brilliant at cementing those, including you now, obviously. Yeah, well, I think in the olden days, you know, when, when Corrie first started, you had actors who'd done rep for years and years. You'd had actors who'd done... Uh, variety or light entertainment they were characters in themselves yeah yeah so and that really came across on the screen you know you'd see look at someone like pat phoenix or or, or gene who'd done uh rep and done play after play after play week after week after week you know they were really 
um, top of their game, really. They knew exactly what they were doing and they were fantastic characters. I mean, just brilliant. We're going to say, I'm, I'm going to give you a quick, before we get into the history of Sally, a quick quiz yeah. to see if you can remember stuff about her. Only a few questions. I made it easy because I love you. So where did Sally give birth to Rosie? Rosamond Street. Yes. Well, it's, well, I've got in the back of Don Brennan's taxi on Christmas oh, Eve. Oh, yes. Yeah. In, on Rosamond Street. On Rosamond in Street. John Brennan's taxi with um, Liz MacDonald. Who was it with Bev? Yeah, she helped push out Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Helen and Brooke. Who play your kids? I mean, they've been in yeah. it for years and years. I mean, how old would how old were they? Because I know the actresses changed slightly, but that's probably when they were babies, wasn't it? Basically, they've been the characters yeah. for most of their lives. Yeah, they were they were around nine when they both came in, around that age. And you've um, got three kids. I mean, do they feel like your daughters? Oh yeah, they do, especially now because they've got they've got their own children. I know. I am going to play you. This, hold on, if I get this right, everyone. Me and Sally have just been talking before the podcast how untechnical we are. So I'm going to try this. <laughs> Hi, Sal. It's me, your favourite daughter. Oh. No, not Helen, me, Brooke. Um, I just wanted to send a little message just to say how much you are loved, how everybody absolutely adores you. And I couldn't have picked a better family come into you are like second one to me and thank you so much for everything that you do and for always building me up and you're just absolutely amazing and just everybody loves you and everybody needs a Sally Dinova in their life I am so glad you're in mine lots of love I'll see you soon oh oh my gosh that's the nicest message anybody's ever left me Oh. oh, I mean, God, she crying. is so lovely, and I know she loves you so much, as do all the cast there. But I mean, it's it's. It just must be. It must be great to have like those two families. You have got your real life one, and you got your pretend one at work. I know. I think you know when people say to me, you know, you've been in it for such a long time. Didn't you want to go off and do other things? Well, yeah, you know, there is a little bit of you that wants to go off and do other things, but. Corey's like my family, you know. I know everyone so well, and not just the actors, but the, the crew. You know, I've grown up with them. The makeup girls. We've all had our children together. We've yeah. you know, gone through births and marriages and deaths together, and it's a really happy, happy place. I can't imagine not having not Corey having it in your life. <laughs> I know. And like when I left, that's what I mean. It's so hard because uh, you can have a job for life, and it is like a second family. So it is. It's like bereavement if you leave. Do you know I mean it really is a bereavement yeah. if you leave. And so go on with the quiz, right? So who did Sally catch Kevin in bed with in nineteen ninety seven? Oh Natalie Barnes, Denise yes. Welsh. Denise Welsh, who obviously is got she's just going into Hollyoaks actually I saw. She is, I'm so excited. Because she was I another love- legend, wasn't she? She created a brilliant character. And affairs I think affairs in Corrie especially, because I've got Denise Black on the show as well. And we talked about the whole Ken and Deirdre thing, which rocked. I mean, they used to, not maybe so much anymore, but they used to rock the nation, didn't they, the affairs? And that one with Natalie certainly did. Oh, yeah. I remember um, the football match when um, Deirdre was having an affair with... Yes, uh, with uh, Mike Baldwin, yeah. With Mike Baldwin. It was up on the big screens in football matches. I mean, that oh, really, was, was it that people could watch it? So they could watch it while they were watching the football. <laughs> you know. That is brilliant. How, how that. 
<laughs> and then, I mean, I think obviously you said you knew Michael beforehand, but you and Kevin, I mean, to be honest, when I used to, and I'll admit, when I was younger, I used to watch Corey only when I went to the Nan and Grandad's. And it was only Corey and Emmerdale mm-hmm. got into when I was older. But you and Michael were my favourite people in it. I loved Sally and, uh, Sally and Kev. And you, I remember, I, I'm sure I'm right, and I can't find any record of it, that there was going to be a spin-off show with you, wasn't there? Or there was talk of it? There, there was talk of it, actually. It was Tony Woods came up with an idea that we should uh, leave the show and set up a new show. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad we didn't. Because okay. you know, if it hadn't gone very well, where would we be now? But, you know, Michael and I are very close and um you know Sally and Kevin were married for like 25 years and they were happy most of those years so I love the fact that the writers are still Sally's still concerned about Kevin and vice versa you know I've got a scene I'm doing next week where um I'm saying to Kevin you know I'm really worried about you and I love the fact that we've still got this really tight relationship yeah I think it's lovely because we've got all that history and you can't you can't buy that history can you so it's really important I think that they keep us you know strong couple in the sense of good friends and like does it feel like obviously you work with Johnny now who's brilliant Joe who plays um uh, Tim, Tim. who's amazing as well do you is it kind of is it quite hard when they go especially with that relationship with Michael like oh we're bringing a new big love interest for you in does it kind of does it affect you personally yeah it does I mean you do think oh god what if it doesn't you know you get a little bit nervous it might yeah. not work it's really funny with Joe though because Joe came in and instantly we got on the set and he just made me the way he delivered a line made me laugh and <laughs> yeah. made me my line differently so uh, there was this kind of really nice rapport between us and it, and we had some very funny stuff to do which joe was brilliant at, at doing that but and with michael the great thing is that we did a lot of drama together yeah. you know? so it was really it really refreshing actually to have joe come in and suddenly, have some laughs instead of crying I've, all got, the time. I've got a few laughs yeah <laughs> yeah and final question in the quiz, December 2010, who admitted to Sally that Kevin was the father of her son, Jack? Oh, Molly. Molly, yes. Yeah. Played by Vicky Binns, who I used to Vicky be in the running Binns. club with. Vicky's so funny as well, isn't she? Oh, she's lovely. And we, we did the live together. I know, so. yeah. That was the live when she admitted it, wasn't it? That, that's when it was, yeah. I remember, she was laying on the floor, just yes. about to die and then threw that bombshell out to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We were both very nervous there that night, but it was great to have Vicky because she's such a brilliant professional. You know, she's great and it was good. And how was it doing the live? Because I actually watched, because I watched one, I didn't realise, because I was reading up about what Corey are doing for the 60th and I know there's three big storylines, the, the, you know, the end of the Jeff story, they've teased something with two characters and then there's a kind of Save Our Street story as well, which was kind of done save our cobbles years ago and I saw yeah. the live episode with Sue Nichols because that was really ages ago and I never realized that there was a live episode then no wasn't that for the 40th because I that think for the we, 40th was that a, then yeah because I didn't think we did um like we've only done we've done three I thought, that's what I thought yeah but how yeah. do you prepare for that like were you given a choice to be in it or not because I know on some shows they kind of ask the actors that if you don't really want to be in it you don't have to Yes, they do. And I remember, well, because I'd just come back after the cancer storyline for that live episode and and obviously going through it myself. And I had a a phone call from Phil Collinson and he said, Sally, I really want you in the live. And I said, oh, Phil, I'm not I'm not sure I want to do it. I don't think I, you know, I'm not. And he went, 
You're doing it. <laughs> I believe in you. You'll be brilliant. And we're bringing you back. I have a wig on and everything because I have no hair at that point. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, Phil making me do that was one of the best things because it was probably one of the best episodes that I've, well, the best episode probably that I've ever been involved in because it was just such a wonderful journey, you know, from getting the script to um, the secrecy behind it all with with the crew and the cast working so brilliantly together yeah. and willing everyone to do so well that night. The the I mean, Phil did this massive, the tram crash was massive. Yeah, yeah, of course. Huge. You know, we had firemen and policemen, all sorts. It was just um, paramedics. It was quite an amazing night. Um, and I think Bill had a speech, on a long speech, and it, it was quite emotional that we all were willing each other so much to, you know, to for it to go well. And, of course, it went seamlessly, which is incredible to say it was such a complicated yeah. story. So many sets, so, you know, you were running from, so you might be in one set and then one scene later you're in another set and you would literally have to run to the next set for it to, uh, for the next scene to start. I mean, it was really, really exciting. Well, and I, I remember, have, oh, go on, sorry, go on. At the end, Alan Household and I had to join on the streets and it was like a, a hug. And then that was the end of the episode. And we were just both crying. I mean, it was just, we were just so thrilled it was over, but it had gone well. Well, it's kind of like doing theatre, but to 20 million people, isn't it? You don't want to be the one that messes up, do you? No. I mean, I hate to mention it because I've talked about this a few times, but poor Joe Joyner in EastEnders, who I think, unfortunately, that will go down when she called Ian Adam. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's oh, just oh, God, the littlest thing, but then it oh. sticks with you. And we, I've been saying to other yeah. actors, because literally, if you were terrible in it, then basically your whole career could be over, because no one would employ you for theatre. <laughs> no, I know Probably that wouldn't even word. get a panto. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let's just go through some of your stories. So you came in as Sally Steddon, as we said, and you got taken back to Hilda Ogden, one of the legends, like we said. I mean, do you remember that first day? Do you remember the emotions and walking on the on the street? Oh, I, I mean, I remember it so, so well. My first scene was actually the scene where Kevin splashes me. And um, so I went straight out to location on my very first day. I, I, I don't know if you know this story, Lee, though, but one of the makeup girls on my first day, because my friend was um, Linda Davidson. She was in EastEnders. She played the punk. Oh, yeah. So when I went into makeup, um, we were chatting, Kathy Ducker and I, about what makeup, you know, my character would have. And we both sort of said, well, what about, she's a punk. And I said, yeah, because Linda, Linda, my friend, she's a punk in EastEnders and she's fabulous. Yeah, let's go punk. So I did put all this makeup on, like, you know, black lips and all the stuff. And I went out and Mike Lavelle went, there's no way Kevin would go out with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Back to the makeup chair, wash it all off and start again. (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing I actually remember when I was working there and they bring on because obviously they do this they, it was Faye Brooks's character oh what was the character name now who was obviously Shane Ward's sister in it um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, who came in and she came down to set and it was actually me and I thought god should I say something and it was just I felt like it was totally the wrong look and so she went back and she was like oh thank god you've said something actually because I think that's the thing when you join you kind of get swept along by it all don't you a bit probably 
Yeah, and the, I mean, you've got a little bit of knowledge about the character and who they are, but but you can bring things yourself to the table. And suddenly I was sort of, you know, thinking, yeah, punk, that'd be great. But yeah, no, Mike, Mike squashed that straight away. There's no way I'm going out with you. Thank but God, otherwise quite, you might have only uh, had the four episodes. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, you would have got another girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, could have been a very different story. Could have been a very different story, <laughs> couldn't it? Um, so uh, in 2015, you said that actually Sally was almost reinvented because you got lots of comedy. Do you yeah. think in soap, and I, I do think this is true, Nina Wadia said this, well, you need to, to stay part of the furniture, you need to constantly reinvent yourself in the show. Yes, I, I really think you do. You have to evolve somehow. You know, so my character came in and she was this dead, tough, hard nut which was great to play. But then suddenly she was married, she had children, she softened, she was happy. Um, and then there was, a, there was, you know, there was like, oh gosh, at least 10 years where Michael and I were just playing really happy, you know, lovely scenes. And then suddenly I go off to have my second child in real life and I come back and I read the scripts. I was so excited. Suddenly, Kevin's having an affair with Denise. I'm coming in like a mad woman. <laughs> brilliant to play, you know, like smashing up um, Natalie's house and writing all stuff on her. And then Sally has all these affairs after that. Like I had loads of affairs. I think I had like 11 affairs after. Oh, wow, did you? After, after Kevin went off with Natalie. Because you went with some real hotties. I remember who was the guy? Was it Matthew Marsden? Matthew, Mar- I'm still in touch with Matthew Marsden. Oh, yeah, I used to, to yeah, back. he was hot. He was hot. He wants to come back as well. Oh, does he? And yeah, I've got another back. surprise for you here. Oh, my gosh. Boy, I know. So hold on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> everyone. So this is someone who also you went with, and this story became one of the most talked about stories as well. Hi, Sally. Stephen here. Um, Lee told me that he's um, doing a podcast with you today. How fantastic. Um, Yeah, I was just thinking about the time when uh, we recorded that scene that the ITC decided was too violent to air, and so we had to re-record it as less violent, and we were both like, but that scene was really fun to make. (laughs) Um, But yes, uh, fond memories. I hope you and yours are well and um, lots of love. Bye. So that was Stephen who played Greg, obviously, but that was when Sally got beaten up. Stephen Billington, who I've worked with. You know what? We were really good friends in London. We met through a friend and then I worked with him in Hollyoaks, but he's such a lovely guy. But that story kind of set the world alight, didn't it? Do you know, it was wonderful working with Stephen because he kind of brought things out of me that I'd not, explore you know Sally that she'd not I'd not explored before it's it's interesting working with different actors and he you know he'd done a lot Stephen and he came into the show and I think he just brought a whole new Sally out of me actually just working with him was just brilliant and I mean he's a wonderful actor and all that stuff we had to do together with the you know the domestic violence story uh, he was incredible. And people would say to me, what is he like in real life? And I was saying, he's that, the that's so lovely. guy you could ever wish to meet. But yeah, we, we shot this scene. I think it was him throwing me downstairs or something with this really, you know, awful scene. And uh, we worked really hard on it. I remember going home that night and being absolutely shattered when we'd finished it. I'm sure Stephen was too. And then we got a call, both of us, saying it was too violent. We're going to have to redo it. 
but we're going to have to tone it down a bit. I'd love to see the footage of the first, the first one because it, you know, I, I can't remember now what it was, but we had to, we had to do it all again, which would take us like a day to do. Oh my God. And probably shows you how times have changed because obviously you're really heavily, or Sally's really heavily involved in the new storyline, which Jeff, who's Tim's dad, which is obviously again, you know, done brilliantly to 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 you know raise awareness of such a serious, important issue. But it must yeah. be strange for you because I think what was different with that story maybe was Greg was this really good-looking guy. I mean, it was kind of where it was, you know it's played differently this time. You would never expect it, I suppose, of him. I know Jeff plays, but what's it? I mean, what's it like work? I mean, I know what it's like doing these storylines as well, but it's it's so you feel the power, don't you, as you're doing those storylines? Because you know, we know from an audience reaction that you're kind of helping to hopefully change lives. Well, I, I, I yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think the Yasmin Jeff story has just been one of the best stories that we've done. And I think for those reasons that it was a normal couple, he looked yeah. like really nice guy you know everybody loved him you know brought his son up on his own we didn't know we didn't know his backstory at all um everything you know this this sort of clown who does all this magic tricks and pleases people and always happy and and then we start to see what he's really like and the way he um manipulates yasmin and change. I mean, it's brilliant because it it was done so brilliantly. It wasn't rushed. It was done over months and months, and the audience got to like him, and then they got to hate him, which was just brilliant the way they did it. And I mean, especially now, the things we're living through at the moment. I think it's the, one of the most poignant stories that we've ever done. And I I think as well, it's really interesting that it's an older couple. Mm. It's not. A, Paul, we usually see that domestic violence story through a young couple. It's quite interesting to see it through. through well, it's quite interesting as well because no one expected, obviously, this year to happen. And EastEnders obviously done it as well this year with the younger couple, which is actually, I think, I know it sounds awful, great timing because actually this is a really yeah. serious issue. And none of the associates didn't know this was going to happen at the time, but all these people suffering at home have got the older couple and the younger couple to relate yeah. to at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, people can relate. That's what's so brilliant about soaps is people relate to um, some of the issues that we do, but hopefully they're told through the characters and people they love so they can identify with, with what they're, and they can identify with Yasmin because they know her. And I think that's the, the beauty of soaps is that we can get messages across um, you know, through characters that you want to tune love. in and see every week and love, yeah. And to the actors, I think you guys, because as I keep saying to people, which I didn't expect actually being, you know, new to it or when I joined Soap, that I just couldn't believe we were filming everything out of sequence and that you <laughs> walked through the front door on Monday one week and then came through the front door Thursday the next week. And that, <laughs> and then if you're also doing a really serious storyline alongside those technical things, it's really hard actually, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, some, someone was saying about the lines, and it's it is like having A levels every week if you've got <laughs> yeah. a, you've got a serious storyline, because you can be you know you can just be flat out learning lines, and that's that's when the work really you know it's hard. Uh, you might have eight nine scenes in a day, and um, that no rehearsal. You know, you're just literally doing it for the cameras, and then you're doing it, aren't you? So it, it that that's the tough bit, I think. 
And then you work with people like Barbara Knox, like I said, and on EastEnders, Barbara Windsor, when she was there. What I loved, actually, is that those matriarchs, no one ever gets a line wrong if you have a scene with them. No. Oh, my gosh. If I've got a scene with Barbara, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. Really? Because <laughs> she's so brilliant, because she's were perfect, isn't she, all the time. And for, yeah. you know, for those older ladies, I just think it's like, I couldn't imagine my nan at that age going to work every day on Coronation Street. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and and Bill, I mean, Bill's, you know, getting on and he's just yeah. incredible. He, he never drops a, a line or he, he always knows what he's doing. He's amazing. And then we talked about it roughly in 2009, obviously, Sally, the character, felt victim to breast cancer. And then a few hours after filming, apparently, the storyline, you found a lump yourself in real life, which is obviously horrendous. I mean, yeah. that was a horrendous to get that but b how was that having to work at the same time and do a storyline i mean did it help the storyline in in the way that you and did you kind of i suppose what i want to ask is did you how you played it and then how you found out was it what you ex, you know can you ever expect that in life well it's it's really interesting because in a way now i because that story was was uh, really difficult. Not not because I thought I had it at that point, just because it was so intense. But if I if I could do it now, knowing what I knew, because I didn't know I had breast cancer when I did all those scenes when I was crying with Kevin and everything, I think I would have done it differently. Right. Um, because I think then when I got it, I realised that what you do when something like that happens is you're strong for everybody around you. Because you just see people's faces, you know, you saw, I saw people I was working with and, and of course my family and you just want to be brave for them. Um, so I think I would have played it differently had I known what I was, you know, about to, but it was very strange because the day Michael and I did all the scenes from, you know, Sally telling Kevin that she's got breast cancer, that night I went to see my breast surgeon about a lump and um, he'd done a biopsy, and I was going for the results that night. But I really, I, I was, I, I was totally sure. thinking it was fine. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, there's no way that would be ridiculous that two Sallys <laughs> yeah, would actually, have. Breath. I know. No way. So I finished all the scenes with Michael on that night, and um, and then met Tim at the hospital, and uh, and I, I, I was just floored. I said, I said to my surgeon, I said are you sure you're not getting us mixed up with my character? Because he was doing the research for the breast cancer story for, really? for Carl. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm not getting mixed up. You, you've got breast cancer. And I, well, I fainted. And then I, when I woke up, I was like, that it, this can't be real. This is just weird. And there was a bit of a really strange moment where Sally and Sally kind of merged into one, you know, it was like the weirdest, weirdest experience. And then, having to go into work and carry on doing that a breast story, cancer I know. while you've got breast cancer. And at first I was saying, oh, don't worry, everyone, don't worry, we'll just carry on, I'll just have this lump taken out and then I'll be fine, I'll be fine, so I'm just going to carry on. And, um, and it was only when the lump came back and they said, no, you've got to have chemo, that I suddenly thought, oh, my God, I've got to, I've got to look after myself. I can't keep thinking about Sally, which I was. I was stupidly. I was like, well, I've got to carry on telling the story because it's so important. And it was kind of one of the biggest stories that I'd ever been given. Yeah. And I really 
really wanted to do it justice. So when I found out that I was going to be off for like six months, it was, you know, it was really strange. Cause it's I was, funny, you, and you put work in a way up there first. And I think that's, I think, hey, the audience find it hard to accept because I think people like you and like when Kylie got it, it's almost like it, it damages their perception of this perfection. Do you know what I mean? Because I yeah. think people l- live by the characters on soaps and live by our people like Kylie Minogue because that's that's the happy life. Do you know what I mean? And then if something yeah. happens to someone like you, it really, in a good way, in a good way, not for you, but in a good way for people, it makes them open their eyes and check themselves because you've said, haven't you, that if it wasn't for the show, you might not have found that lump. Oh, I definitely, well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even bothered. Look, because I was 46, I didn't think people of 46 got breast cancer, which is the most ignorant thing ever, because, of course, much younger people get breast cancer. But, and also, we all have a, um, a defence mechanism where we think, that's never going to happen to me. And that's how we get through life, going, that, well, that won't happen to me. So there's just no way that would ever happen, but... So, yeah, it was a, a massive, massive wake-up call. But I get so many women now who, you know, stop me in the street and say, I've been through what you've been through and I know what it's like. And and they, and they it's really nice to talk. And, and I love that because it's really nice to talk to women who've gone through the same yeah. thing that you have. This is what soap can do because it's in people's lounges every day. It's much more powerful than going to watch a film or to watch a one-off drama because people relate yeah. to you guys so much. Um, and you carry that. And I think Shane on his first podcast with me said, you know, he still gets people, put, men, like big burly men who you would never know, you know, putting thumbs up at him to say thanks oh. to Storyline, which is so incredible, isn't it? It moves me loads that, 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 that that's what we can do. And then let's quickly talk about you because we haven't got long left. So we'll go, you yeah. were born in Lancashire to Robert and Jennifer did you I mean and actually this is really interesting for me because normally we go through like you know like Denise Queer has spoken stuff and what I love actually is that this has been your life I mean Corrie has been your life it was one of your first ones which is incredible and I always say I think what Soap's going to lack in years to come is that longevity because younger actors now are very keen to go to Hollywood a year after being in a soap do you know what I mean (laughs) and it's like actually not realizing that a soap can be you can play every storyline you can yeah. have babies and have maternity leave. You can stay yeah. in a house with your husband or wife and not keep going on tour to Bogner and wherever else. Bogner's lovely, anyone in Bogner. <laughs> but um, what was your dream when you were young? Did you dream of acting from like a young age? Yeah, I did. I, well, I think I was about 13 when I joined at Oldham Theatre Workshop and from meeting David Johnson, who ran Oldham Theatre Workshop, I suddenly realised this is what I wanted to do. And I... Every Saturday morning, I was so excited to get on the bus and get to this class. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. And from there, I, and then I had a careers officer meet. I was terrible at school. I really, I was always dreaming, daydreaming. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'd just look out the window and I really didn't take school very seriously. And then the careers officer said, what do you want to do when you leave school? Because, you know, you could work at the cigarette factory <laughs> or you could work at this other factory. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to be an actor, an actress. And she said, um, oh, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. I remember leaving that chair from that room thinking, um, def- that's what I'm going to do. going to do. My dream, yeah, I love it, and I'm going to do it. I had that at school because I wanted to work. I said I wanted to work in telly, and they went, in up, from Uckfield, we'll, we'll send you <laughs> to the Sussex Courier, which is the local paper. And I did work experience reporting on dog food in a park. And I thought <laughs> after that, no, I'm going to do television. 
Oh, God. Oh, yeah. 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 And everyone out there, you have got to follow your dreams, haven't you? Because it's really yeah. tough, as we know. I always say to actors, young actors, it's really hard. But I think if your heart's in it, you know, and you don't want to be in it for fame, you want to be in it for acting. Yeah. Then You're that's the part you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you told me a story just before we started, which is great, because you've got a connection to another really good friend of mine who went to the same drama school as you. Just tell me about Glynis. Well, I saw that you'd interviewed Glynis, Barbara, and I thought, oh my gosh, I remember Glynis because she came to my, well, her drama school as well, Mountview Theatre School. And in my final year, she came and gave us all our diplomas. And um, of course, I was watching Dempsey and Makepeace and thought she was the most gorgeous thing I'd ever seen. So to get my diploma from her and her husband was like so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, that is brilliant. And then you've been, just to talk about awards, you've been the nominee, you got a Trick Award for Best Storyline in 2011. You got, uh, you won Best Comedy Performance at the Soap Awards in 2015. Uh, You've won Best Partnership with Joe. What's the, I always think for actors, especially at those Soap Awards, which are very bizarre, aren't they? Because you're with everyone for every soap. It's like the weirdest (laughs) night when you first go. You're like, oh my God. Uh, But do you sit there thinking, obviously you want to win, but then do you sit there thinking, oh my God, if I win, I've got to go into a speech? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The speech bit is really nerve-wracking. You're thinking, what am I going to say? It's just really, really cringeworthy. But, no, they're they're really exciting, those things. And it is nice for all the soaps to get together. I love them in the sense that you get to see all the Emmerdale cast, which, you know, we don't really get to, to see them unless we go to these things. So it is nice to catch up with everybody. And there's is there anyone from soap? another soap since you've been in this soap that you've been like oh my god it's so and so oh gosh yeah yeah I mean for Uh, me it was like Doc Hot and June Brown when I first saw her yeah June Brown yeah I'd be very yeah I met June Brown once and I was very very excited and Barbara Windsor I met once and I was really excited by that as well yeah it's just it's really yeah I mean, everyone, you just look at them all and go, wow, you're doing such a great job. Yeah, Especially that's that everyone's in it together, aren't they? We're yeah. All like, oh, my God, yeah. we know how hard everyone works. Yeah. Um, and so, Sally, to end off, I because Corey started in 1960, I'm just using the numbers for some questions. So one is one behind-the-scenes story that you've maybe never told before. Well, there's a lot of corpsing going on, as you can imagine, <laughs> especially when I work in the factory. So... Um, Anthony Cotton just knows which buttons to press to right. make me so much that I can't I can't work. I have to walk out and have a tea break. <laughs> so yeah, I am a I'm a terrible corpser. And what do you do when you corpse? Because loads of people say Charlie Webb and Emmerdale used to say she used to pinch herself so hard on her leg to try to get pain to stop her laughing. Have you got any tricks <laughs> to stop yourself laughing? Yeah, that one. And also, they used to, we used to have a director called Brian Mills years and years ago on Corey. And he, I remember him saying to me once, he was in the Rovers, and I was laughing my head off, take after take after take, we had to keep going again. And I remember him saying to me, okay, Sally, the crew and I will all just wait until you finish laughing. And then when you have, we'll start. And that, that, oh my God, I was like 25 or something. You felt like about five. Yeah, and it really made me go, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm keeping everyone waiting. So I always remember that story. Because you look around at the crew, and of course everyone in the crew is laughing their head off. Oh yeah, I, yeah. You know, we're all laughing together. But then after about, you know, 20 takes when you're still laughing, that's the moment you look around and go, oh yeah, no. Yeah, it's enough. 
What I used to love is when something goes wrong and then I love the build-up to that line coming again and you can slowly see everyone starting to break and it's so brilliant. (laughs) So for nine, your favourite nine characters ever from Coronation Street. Oh, Okay, can I can I first say my favourite storyline? Yeah, go on, was, yeah, your favourite storyline. Uh, Rita and Alan Bradley in 1989. Oh, the tram. He got run over by the tram. That was one of my favourite storylines. Yeah. So that my favourite characters got to be Jean, Alexander, Hilda Ogden, Stan Ogden, um, Elsie Tanner. Um, oh, my God. I, Brian Mosley is one of my favourite yeah, characters. Yeah, 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 definitely. Al Roberts. Um, of course, Ina Sharples, um, Phyllis Pierce. What yes. a great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was brilliant. I would say um, Sue Nichols. I love Audrey myself. Oh, Sue Nichols is wonderful. Yes, can I have Sue Nichols? Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, uh, oh, Peter Barlow and Kate Ford. I love yeah. that. That's ten, but you're allowed ten because you're Sally. Oh, so that's okay. fine. <laughs> uh, six words to describe Sally, the character. Um. Kind, I think she's kind. Um, snobby, uh, opinionated, uh, a good mother. Um, two more. Uh, two more. Oh, what? Come on, Lee, help me. Well, I, I mean, I, I would now say she's a bit of a she's a bit of a vixen if she had eleven affairs. <laughs> Isn't she a secret vixen as well? She's a vixen from the past, yes. And funny, and funny, I <laughs> and would say. Yeah. yeah. And finally, zero. So if there was nothing in the world left, what one thing would Sally save? Oh, um... Well, it's got to be Kevin, surely. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be It's got to be Kevin, hasn't it? Oh, it's can got she to be Kevin. Kevin. Well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Tim could be in the suitcase. Okay. <laughs> Well, Sally, it's been amazing to speak to you. Thank you. And happy birthday, Coronation Street, obviously, 60, which is incredible. The longest running drama serial in the entire world, which is amazing. And I remember when Eileen, who played Emily Bishop, told me they used to rehearse every day and they used to film the outside, inside, and they used to have to pretend to step up a curb. You think, well, how on earth did that last 60 years? (laughs) (laughs) How Can you imagine that on telly now? But it's been amazing to speak to you and uh, lots of love. Oh, you too, Lee. I've really enjoyed this chat. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks to Sally Dynever, who is a living legend, and I call on the Queen to make her Lady Sally Dynever in the New Year's Honours list. Christmas is round the corner, and next Sunday, our Christmas specials kick off. I speak to the entire cast of The Ceremony, a play we're working on to raise money for the arts. And you can buy tickets now at stream.theatre. That's stream.theatre. Log on, raise some money and watch us from next Sunday when the episode of the podcast is also released. Thanks, as usual, to David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry. I'm off to do the play now. So have a good week, everyone, and see you next week. (laughs) 